let's get her going there, bud. Welcome into the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nicosia. What what was that? What was that? My goodness. Blue Jackets fall to the Chicago Blackhawks 2-0 in regulation. The theme for tonight, not good enough, boys. Great first period, lousy second, doesn't fall your way in the third. Can't let them fall your way. Got to create your own destiny, boys. Anyways, uh, some uh, comments. One thing that I thought was very off-putting for me, uh, Savard said in the post-game, power play was buzzing at times. Well, I consider buzzing on the power play goals. There were no goals scored on the power play, therefore the power play was not buzzing. Tough to watch, especially the power play in the third period. More on that later. Torts said he uh, needs to figure out how to coach certain players, and he needs to do a better job of that before the game started. It takes a lot to admit when you're wrong. I will admit when I am wrong as well. Uh, Torts tried out some new stuff. Let the guys just sort of play on short ice and uh, focus on making tight end plays. Don't disagree with it. I think the Jackets need to work on that a bit. They had some tight end chances and weren't able to capitalize um so tough to watch. But anyways, Torts also said Carlson gave us some good minutes. I was really high, really high on Gabriel Carlson in our last episode, and uh, apparently Torts was as well. So Torts needs to figure out how to coach certain players. Uh, hopefully we get some of that soon. I'd love to see it. So before the game, Gregorenko out of the lineup for Bemstrom. Uh, he's an all right player. Got a good shot. I don't think he recorded any on the game, so tough to see. But Gregorenko hasn't been doing much else for us out there. Uh, he's sort of a proven commodity. Might as well get the young gun some looks. Uh, also, uh, Malcolm Subban gets the start in net for the Hawks. Gets his second career shutout against the Jackets. Woof. So... I like to admit where I'm right and, of course, where I am wrong. Uh, I will not always be correct on this podcast. I am a fan, not a member of the media. So I come out with some hot stuff. I try not to criticize players too much, but when I do, I think it is for good reason. And uh, some of my criticisms may be incorrect. Some of the players I'm really high on may be incorrect. So let's get into that. But first, something I got right. Uh, this From last episode, I said it's time to look out for the Savard and Kane altercation that went on last game. Now, Savard took some hits this game. He, he dished some too, Savvy always does. But Savard really took some hits in the first period, uh, some of which were a wee bit late in finishing the checks. But... Uh, the Blackhawks were definitely coming after Savard. They <laughs> made no uh, confusion about it. They were coming after him, and they did. Uh, I also said that we needed to take away time and space from Patrick Kane. Zach Wierenski said the same thing in the post game. We need to take time and space away from Patrick Kane. Well, they did a great job of that for most game, but uh, then Patrick Kane gets a goal. Let's just go to that right now and do a little quick sidebar. I don't want to talk about it for too long. Um, weird play. So Eric Robinson's coming onto the ice for Boone Jenner. 
Robinson hesitates. I believe he hesitated because he saw Boone throw a little check on Debrinket as he was coming off the ice. Didn't want to get too many men on the ice penalty, so he sort of backed off, touched the boards. Uh, that hesitation caused uh, Patrick Kane to spring free. I think Delzato thought that uh, that Robinson was going to take Kane. Robinson hesitates. Delzato sloughs back in. And uh, Kane ends up getting a lot of time and space and scores a goal. Tough. Uh, one spot where I was wrong. In my first episode, I said DZ's been playing great for us. Uh, really solid player. Looks to stay on the second line. Maybe on the first line while, while Wierenski's out. Wierenski was back in this game. Love to see it more on that later. But anyways, DZ did not have a good game la- tonight. Uh, not not really at all. He made a rough turnover in the second period, uh, about five minutes into the period. I don't know who he gave it to. Is one of the S names on the Blackhawks. Doesn't matter. Suter, Soderberg, uh, I forget. But, uh, yeah, it makes a bad turnover, mishandles the puck, gives a breakaway. Uh, Corpy able to stop it, thankfully. Corpy played an amazing game. But, yeah, DZ might have been a little fast on that one. I still think he's a good player for the Jackets, but maybe not as high on him as I initially once was. Got to backtrack on that a little bit. And then one spot where I think I really nailed it. So last episode, I said that Gavrikov is a little squirrely with the puck. One of my only criticisms from last game, if not the only said he was squirrely with the puck, just sort of tossed it down the ice when he did have some space to possibly make a pass, just casually skate back and, you know, set up for a rush down the ice. And apparently, Torts agreed with what I had to say. In the pregame, he said, you know, we had some guys who were just throwing the puck down the ice when passes were available and they could have made some plays. I kind of think that was a direct uh, little subtweet at Gavi. Maybe he thought that he was just throwing some pucks down the ice. I got to say, yeah, I agree with Torts. I was on that take from the beginning. And uh, what do you know? We see Gabrikov on the third line to start the game when Wierenski comes back. That's exactly what I said. Let's say we're going to move Gavi down when Wierenski comes back. He was playing on the first line last game against Chicago. And uh, Wierenski comes back, he moves down. Down farther than I expected, too. So uh, really nailed that one. So let's uh, let's just talk about some players. We're going to have um, the big center dilemma coming up uh, after this. But... One of my favorite players to talk about, one of the most exciting players on the Jackets, Patrick the Cannon Line. Now, Line, just an absolutely marvelous stat. Before this game, he was, had a 38.1% shooting percentage. Wow. I don't expect to keep that up, but oh my goodness, Line just. An absolute sniper that is accuracy in the NHL at an elite level. So to start off the game, about a minute in, Line just 
nails the post. Uh, this one, I think, went off Subban and hits the post. But Line A takes a post. Beautiful pass from Zach Wierenski. Looks like our best puck-moving defenseman again. Love to see Zach uh, back in the lineup. Huge part of this team. Line A almost gets a breakaway in the first. And uh, hits another pipe, too. Line A's story of Line A's game tonight was uh, posts. And he sort of, sort of went away. For a second, I was kind of like, did Torts bench Line A again? He didn't, but that's just kind of the player Line A is sometimes. Sometimes you just sort of lose him out there. But um, I know he's a great player. He'll come back and uh, probably have another th- a couple more three-point games for us. Super, super excited to see Line A in the Jackets uniform and uh, hope it stays that way for a long time. But yeah, Line A sort of disappeared and uh, really disappointing in the third period power play. Not particularly for his play. Just the fact that it, it couldn't get any pressure when they needed it the most uh, to try and get a goal when the game was scoreless just power play back to looking apathetic today uh, tough to watch on the power play especially in the third line a only gets one touch no shots in that power play and the jackets basically spend the entire time trying to get the puck back in the offensive zone for the rest of the power play so line a sort of disappears and uh, looked sort of uninterested. Uh, that was one of my notes from the game. It's like Line A just doesn't look engaged after he hit those posts. He just sort of got down on himself and didn't uh, didn't have much left in him. Uh, switch gears here. Jones and Wierenski back together on the top line. Ooh, yeah, love to see that. Love to see Jones and Wierenski. These two guys just have like a meld of the minds when they play together it's actually quite beautiful to watch they just know what the other's going to do before the other guy even knows what he's going to do it's awesome but especially in the first i mean what a save by suban on jones set up by zach Wierenski's excellent pass zach is a great puck moving defenseman jones is an incredibly intelligent hockey player as well and just can find the right spot on the ice Subban just robbed him like in the first wow what a save so Zach he said he's feeling good said he's feeling really good uh definitely brought him back a little bit too early glad we gave him some time off the ice let him get right and Seth Jones looks like Seth Jones again uh he's having some defensive struggles uh in the stretch in the middle of the season so far but now Jones looks like he's back to his old self I mean these two guys are elite defensemen. Uh, you know, maybe not what Jackets fans thought going into the season where, you know, maybe they're a top three pair in the NHL. I'd say they're top 10. I mean, they're really good, but that's that would be saying they're top three is disparaging a lot of other very good defensemen in the NHL. The NHL is a very healthy league right now. A plethora of good players. I mean, these two guys look to be on the Team USA lineup for the Olympics in 2022 and are, by some accounts, projected to be the first-line starters. I don't know if that'll end up happening, but these two guys are legit, and I hope they stay together 
on the Jackets on the first line. Defensively, played a much better game outside of one play with a miscue and a defensive lapse. Five seconds, you give Patrick Kane five seconds. That's four more than he needs. But we kept rebounds away from Corpy. I thought they did a great job of finding pucks in the middle of the ice and in the slot and turning them away and uh, getting some possessions out of them. So defensively, they played great. And Gabriel Carlson, this guy's not going anywhere. He is not going anywhere. He's a first-round draft pick by the Jackets, and he played an amazing game. thought one of the bright spots in the second period and one of the reasons why we didn't let a goal in in such an atrocious effort in the second was that Carlson played impeccably well. Uh, he made great plays moving the puck. Uh, he was able to make great plays on the boards, especially in his first shift in the second period. So Carlson, definitely a guy out there uh, and out there to stay. It's only his third game playing for the Jackets this season. But I would expect that number to finish in the season around 30. Dude's playing great. I can't see why they would take him out of the lineup. And then Corpy. Corpy played incredibly well. We left him out to dry against the best player on the Blackhawks. Nothing to fault on Corpy with that one. Corpy played excellent. Especially amazing save that Corpy made. Save of the game besides the one that Subban had on Seth Jones. Uh, Corpy makes an amazing save on Hagel with two seconds left in the second period. Uh, if Corpy doesn't make that save, I mean the game is over. It was really, really tough to uh, tough to see the Jackets not score in the first period. They dominated the puck in the first period. I think Chicago maybe only had two good shifts that entire period in the first. And, you know, when the Jackets are playing that well and they don't score, I get incredibly worried because I feel like the team, they get down on themselves too easily. They they came out flat in the second like they do a lot of times. And I think a big part of that was that they know they dominated the puck in the first period. They know that they did that. I mean, how could they not? They controlled possession and stayed in the offensive zone almost the entire time. But when you don't score and you play like that, it gets in your head. And I think it got in the Jackets' head this game especially. Because, I mean, we just we just missed a lot of chances. Uh, saw Domi sail a couple high in the third period. A uh, couple guys not able to finish right around the blue paint. Just uh, it didn't work out for the Jackets, and I think the first period losing confidence after playing so well and seeing no results really played a big part in that. So the big topic, big point I want to get here today, but before I do that, I would like to thank our proud sponsor, not sponsor, Giuseppe's Retrovo on Main Street in Bexley. Uh, They don't pay me, I just love small businesses. So Giuseppe's Retrovo, go get yourself some fine Italian food. Uh, The owner is from southern Italy. It is authentic Italian cuisine. I happen to know uh, the family who owns it, and they said they've seen Cam Atkinson in there more than once. So if it's good enough for Cam, it's good enough for you. Go get yourself some Giuseppe's Main Street in Bexley. 
So the big topic today, the center dilemma. Who are, who's our top line center? It looks like it's been Nick Foligno. They're playing him with line A. If line A is not on the top line, then I don't know what the coaching staff is doing. Line A appears to be the best player on the team, maybe outside of Jones and Wierenski when they're playing together and have a melding of the minds like they love to. But, I mean, I don't think Foligno is the answer there. Uh, Fliggs, he gets the boys going. Makes great plays away from the puck. Uh, loves making hits. Feisty guy will drop the gloves whenever is necessary. Sometimes when it's unnecessary too, but Fliggs gets the boys going, but he doesn't get the puck going uh, quite as well as he used to. So I don't I don't know if Fliggs is the top line guy that we're looking for here. So who is? And that's a tough question. You know, we, we get rid of PLD. Guy doesn't want to be here, so whatever. Get him out of here. Um, it's not not something I want to see. And uh, I have an opinion on that. Just quick cutaway. So the last guy who really didn't want to be here that, you know, really comes to mind, I mean, Panarin, eh. Bob ended up looking pretty good for the Jackets. So you look up his stats over the past two years. I'm glad we didn't sign him to a long-term deal. But the guy that I can think of that really wanted to leave Torts, leave the Jackets most recently in the Tortorella era would be Ryan Johansson. Great player, but what has he done? Has he won anything? No. When you want to leave a team like the Jackets who really do have a group identity and you don't like it. I don't know. It just kind of says something about you as a player. So PLD, good riddance to you, my dude. I wish you success in Winnipeg. So let's, uh, yeah, let's get back to the center dilemma. So there have been two guys who really were not incredibly high on the radar. Maybe one was. Uh, at the beginning of the season, but two guys that are just playing excellent hockey and I think deserve a run to play with Patty and whatever winger Torts decides to put out there on the right side with them. But Kevin Stenland is playing exceptionally well. Not lighting up the score sheet, but Stenland has one of the most active sticks on the Jackets. Stenland, he can steal pucks, and if he loses a puck battle, he is immediately looking to get the puck again. He is trying really hard out there, fights on every board battle, and yeah, I mean, just super active stick. It's it's crazy. He set up Robinson on a great chance in the game. Uh, fortunately, it was a rolling puck. Robinson sends it off the post. Um, love Eric Robinson, young kid, good player. But yeah, Stenland, he, he can pass. He's a physical presence, and he's one of our better faceoff guys. Speaking of which, every centerman on the Jackets won over 50% of their faceoffs this game. Even Jack Roslovic, who's struggled a bit on the faceoff. But I mean, when you're making it on the top plays on the NHL hockey highlights for a week, I think 
that, uh, you know, some of those face-offs can be slightly excused. Uh, love Jack. Glad he's here. Hometown kid. Hell yeah, bud. Denland has played exceptionally well. I think he deserves a run and some extra minutes. And then the other guy who would really, I think, benefit Patrick the most is Alexander Texier. Texier plays with just a sort of reckless abandonment that I absolutely love. There was a play in the second period towards the end, one of the only good plays in the second period, where Tex just said, you know what, I'm tired of this, and just gets the puck in the D zone, takes it all the way through the neutral zone, walks through a couple of guys, and takes it into the O zone and settles it down. And I was like, that is what we need. That is what we need out of a first-line center. We need a guy who is just unafraid and can do it as well. And he he proved that he can. Tex is one of the hardest-working players out there. He skates like there's no tomorrow. That guy puts out effort like he's a factory. And I think Tex would personally be the best choice to put with Line A because just because of how hard he works— now, you know, Line A can be somewhat of a sleepy player. He kind of, you can kind of forget about him. And then like all of a sudden he's there and he's just the, the pucks in the back of the net. And you're like, well, what happened? But Tex works so hard. I don't know how you could be out there on a shift with him and not feed off his energy. That guy, when he's behind the net, especially, he's just, Strong on his skates and making plays. A pretty good puck handler as well. And good defensively. So I think Tex would be a great fit with Line A on the top line. So look for those two guys next game. Uh, calling it right now. Uh, there will be a shakeup at the top line center. Uh, looking at Tex or Stenland. Uh Speaking of which, we got, we got to get some consistency in these lines. Uh, when we had the Roslovic atkinson line A line, they looked good for a time, and then as soon as it stopped working for one period, Torts immediately abandons it and goes with line A, Felino Bjorkstrand. We guy didn't hate it off the bat, but then when it doesn't work for a period this most current game, it's immediately back to the drawing board. When are we going to get some consistency? I get Torts likes to shake it up, but my goodness, let's not just destroy lines. Let's maybe like shuffle some wingers. Like, let, give the guys some consistency out there. I mean, I understand trying to build team chemistry, and I think the Jackets have that. They're starting to figure out who they are as a team, I don't think they're as physical as they have been in years past. You know, getting rid of Josh Anderson, Alexander Wenberg, I had my uh, doubts about him. Uh, if I had to watch him kick the puck skate to stick one more time, I was going to lose my mind because it seemed to not work out for him every time. Guy was a soccer player, you can definitely tell. But, yeah, let's, let's get some consistency out there and, um, you know, the Jackets played a physical game this game, and it didn't work out for them. I don't think they benefit as much from their physical play as they have in years past. So 
finding that middle ground is really important for this team. I think they're getting there, but gotta gotta find some consistency. They found it in the D zone today, but they couldn't find it in the O zone. So, oh well. Um, so some closing takes. Um, you know what? I, I can't miss this one. I want to talk about Patrick Kane. And th- this may seem crazy, and I'll give Patrick Kane all the credit in the world. He's closing in on 400 goals. Uh, one of the better, if not, you know, upper echelon of American-born hockey players. But as a guy born and raised in Columbus who watches a lot of Blue Jackets hockey and a lot of hockey from around the league, I'm, I don't just watch Blue Jackets games. Got an NHL network. I pretty much watch hockey every night when I can. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about Patrick Kane's game that I just don't resonate with. With Kane, he's a great player, elite shooter, goal scorer, but if he were ever on the Jackets, I would be a little bit frustrated with his reactions sometimes. Now, Columbus... Oh, we might have, you know, a burgeoning tech and finance industry. Yeah, but at its heart, Columbus is a blue collar town, a biggest small town in America. That's just who we are. And Patrick Kane's game is anything but blue collar. Guy takes a hit and immediately wants a penalty, someone to back him up and complains. He doesn't like physical play, and I don't like that. I appreciate physical play. Columbus is a big football town. Uh, the Buckeyes absolutely dominate the Jackets in viewership. That's no secret because we appreciate in Columbus uh, a lot of physicality in our sports. I think the Jackets bring that a lot. They definitely brought it over the past few years. I think Columbus appreciates that. And I do not appreciate Patrick Kane's lack of physical play and then the complaining on top of it to back it up. Maybe I'm just sour because Patrick Kane has gotten, what, five points in the last two games against us? Yeah, tough. Uh, How can I say that after he's played so well against us? Well, you know, um, I'll find a way to pick apart anyone who is not on the Blue Jackets that I might not necessarily like all too much due to reasons that don't have to do with scoring points in a hockey game. Oh, well. But, uh, all right, yeah, closing takes. That's where I was going. Uh, Boone Jenner has fantastic hand-eye coordination. He can just swat pucks down, looks looks great. So does Kevin Stenland. But Boone Jenner especially, he's always been one of those guys that can finish in front of the net. Love to see Boone finishing in front of the net. Um, maybe when we're looking at that winger spot, and next to line A and hopefully Stenlander Tex. Uh, maybe Boone sneaks up in there. I think Boone would be good. He's a good defensive presence. Um, definitely knows how to work for puck battles. And um, if anyone tries to take a lick on Patrick Line, I think I know who's dropping the gloves first and going after him. So I think he'd be a good guy to put out there with the big man from Finland. Or as we need to start calling him, Patrick the Cannon Line. Woo. Yeah, buddy. He'll uh, he'll get another three-point game. Don't you worry. He's a little quiet tonight, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be back out there. So one of the comments that I'd like to discuss is uh, Nick Felino saying after the game, we have to find a way to win, and uh, we'll find a way to win once we find our game. But we're we're almost 
halfway through the season. What do you mean find our game? There's no time this season. There's no time at all. We have to find our game now. You find your game at practice tomorrow, for Christ's sakes. Let's find our game. It's it's it might just be a cliche hockey answer after you lose, and of course it is. But I mean, at this point in the season, saying find our game doesn't mean much to a Blue Jackets fan. It's what do you mean? Go go find your game. I think this team is definitely going to benefit from fans. You best believe I've tried every avenue to get some tickets ended up getting some tickets but my goodness are those expensive and if you people in the stands do not cheer as loud as you possibly can if i have to listen to a broadcast at a jackets home game and i think it's quiet i'm gonna get upset and i'm gonna say it on this podcast because they need some energy in that building i think the fans can bring it the fifth line hopefully comes out in force and they bring their vocal cords because we got to cheer this team on. I love this team. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I will watch these games and be a fan if they are in the bottom of the NHL. And you best believe I'll be telling everyone who hops on the bandwagon if they get the off chance to win a Stanley Cup that I was there watching the games when they were in the bottom of the league. Um, I'll always support this team. Uh, love every player on it. Love what they do for the city of Columbus. Uh, don't mean to be hard on Nick Felino. I absolutely love Nick Felino as a person and a player. Uh, he's a phenomenal guy on and off the ice, and he'd do anything for his teammates. So, Nick, love you, man. Just uh, keep trucking. You'll find your game. Don't worry. I just hope it's sooner rather than later for the team's sake. Uh, one other thing. Zach Wierenski, after the game, said we need to find some more net front presence. And I couldn't agree with him more. The amount of times I didn't see uh, a center or a winger standing in front of Subban, especially on the power play, guys standing off to the side. And yeah, I, I get the philosophy, you know, quick pass, back doors open, tip it in. But let's let's get in front of him. Let's screen the goalie a bit more. Um, you know, a guy shouldn't be getting his second shutout of his career against us. I just, I don't like that as a look. I mean, we put in five against Lycanin. Like, couldn't put in one against Subban. My goodness. Like, he's supposed to be their, their second goaltender in a team that was supposed to be full of second goaltenders. So... Yeah, we, we got to find a way to get some bodies in front of the net. That's sort of Boone Jenner's specialty. Another reason why I'd like to see him put up there on that top line. I think he's playing well, too. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get her going there, bud. And let's, uh, let's get some net front presence. Net front presence is uh, what helps so many teams win games. Uh, you're not going to be able to score three goals in a game when the goalie can see every single one of them unless your name is Patrick Laine. But yeah, boys got some stuff to build on. I'd say I'd watch that tape from the first period and then throw everything else away. First period was great. Figure out a way to do more of that. Figure out a way to do less of the second. The second. Sorry for the bad audio. But we're going back to Nashville. Yeah. And the Jackets haven't won a series. Woohoo. 
in a season where you play the same team eight times in the season and you play them mostly back-to-back games and we haven't won a series that's not how you make the playoffs jackets go got to go on a run to get back up in the standings i think we probably have the most games played in a in our division that doesn't bode well we're behind and other teams have to catch up in games played that's not good but we got nashville 3 p.m saturday uh hope you all are watching on a what looks to be a beautiful saturday to watch some hockey in columbus ohio but thank you for listening to the third episode of the cannon fire podcast again i'm your host jeff nicosia signing off for tonight i hope you guys enjoyed if you got this far and if you didn't then uh, oh well i'm still gonna make episodes Woohoo!